as we bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, this precious evening, Lord. You, allow, you allow us to gather in this manner, Heavenly Father. And we believe, Lord Jesus Christ, you've got something in store for us, O oh God. Heavenly Father, something good is going to happen. Something good, Lord Jesus Christ, we are ready to receive, O oh God. Heavenly Lord Jesus Christ, you promised us through your word that, Lord, you never turn down any appointment, Heavenly Father. We come from different places, Lord, not to see one another, but to meet with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know, Heavenly Father, whenever you appear, Lord, there is a change, Lord. May you, Heavenly Father, meet with us in a mighty way. Myself as a mortal man, Lord, I lay myself aside, O oh God. May you use me as a vessel, Heavenly Father. May you speak to your children, Lord Jesus Christ. May you bless us, O oh Father, and strengthen us. The sick may they be healed, O oh God. The hope may they get hope. The hopeless may they get hope, Heavenly Father. The weak, Lord Jesus, may they become strong, Lord Jesus. And may you address each and every need, Father. For your own glory, I pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 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 Greetings to the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Without any waste of time, I just want to get straight into the word of God. Let's turn our pages to the book of Matthew. Chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. We start from verse 28. Verse 28, Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. It says here, And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Jezins, they met him too possessed with the devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cry out, saying, What have you to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them in a head of many swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the head of the swine. Then your second scripture reading, we're going to take it from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. <coughs> Mark chapter 4, verse 35. It says here, (laughs) 
while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house Satan, which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troubles thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus said the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And he comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and see the turmoil and them that wept and wept greatly. And when he was come in, he said unto them, Why make you this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I read the, second, the wrong verse. Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Sorry, sorry, okay. It says, And the same day, Mark chapter 4, verse 35, sorry. And the same day, when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carry thou not that we perish. And he arose and rebuked the wind and say unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great cow, as we all stand, uh, take our seats. <clears throat> I greet you once again in the wonderful name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Still with the revival fires from Sunday from uh, the title, the relationship between, the connection between the shepherd and the sheep. Amen. You see, it's the shepherd that knows that a, a sheep doesn't eat a T-bone steak and chips. It's the shepherd that knows that uh, the sheep doesn't eat beggar, you know. So the shepherd normally gives the sheep the appropriate kind of food. The book of Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15 says, I'll give you pastors that will give you uh, understanding and knowledge. So to have a spiritual pastor or a spiritual shepherd is by the grace of God. Because, you see, leadership is very important. Brother Branham, in choosing a bride, he says, you see, in churches there's a lot of spirits. Yes, but you must take the Holy Spirit instead of a churchy spirit. You see, you, find, you get into a church and you find that the pastor maybe is jacking. The whole congregation also jacking after following after the pastor, you see. They would have taken the pastor's spirit instead of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, before I get into my subject, I want just to say this uh, to just encourage the believers to have that faith that you see, if you say you are a believer, you must have confidence that you yourself, you're also one of them that can get into the rapture. There's a brother in uh, Pretoria. So this brother, he's a taker at a certain place. What happened uh, in, the certain, in a certain morning? Uh, the, actually, his wife Wake up uh, as normal, doing the dishes and everything. He left the brother lying on the, on the bed. So uh, the sister was confident that the, sister is, the brother is in the bedroom. And the, the, the main door was locked. And he was having the key where he was washing. The, she was having the key where she was washing the dishes. So now, while finishing to wash the dishes, she went back to the bedroom to check the brother. The brother was not in that bedroom. So she was shocked. Where is the brother? She tried to look around, search for the brother because there was two bedrooms. She went to the other bedroom, tried to check the brother. The brother was not there. Going to the kitchen, check the brother. The brother was not there. So she was very worried. Where is the brother? 
she started to cry thinking that maybe the brother has been raptured, you see. So she called one of his friends, one of the friends of the brother, and said, if you saw the brother, then they say, no, the brother didn't arrive yet. So the sister was worried, crying, maybe the brother is gone, I'm left alone, you understand. So those people, they also came to the place, tried to check exactly what went on, maybe something wrong has happened. They check everywhere, kitchen, the other bedroom, dining, upside, under the sofas and everywhere. The brother was not there. Then they were surprised. They said, so maybe rapture has happened. So while they were worried and the sister crying, the brother was on the top of the, of the wardrobe hiding himself there at the back of the monarch. At the back of the monarch. So the brother came out and he said, you, you people, so you are not confident enough that you're going to enter into the rapture. You say rapture has, has happened while you are still here. It means that you are not confident enough that you are one of them. Because if you are really believer, you say, no, rapture can't happen now. As long as I'm still here, no, say much that rapture cannot happen. So you must be confident. Even if you come here on Wednesday, let's say you see there's some Wednesdays when pastor will say this Wednesday we are not in because there's a convention there. Let's say you are not around. And you get here, there's no one. Then you say, ah, maybe the church has been raptured. You must think that, no, uh, the church is not yet raptured. As long as I'm still around, maybe I must just check with the pastor. If you call the pastor, if the phone is voicemail, you must just still go, uh, continue earning that confidence that, no, rapture hasn't happened as long as I'm still around. Brother Branas uh, preached the message, straight is the gate. He says, uh, in the days of Noah, only eight souls made it. And he said, in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, only three souls made it. Then in this generation, he says, I doubt even 12 will make it out of this generation. So you are staying there now, even more than 12. You say, ah, can I make it 12? Maybe the pastor, the deacons, and their families. You see, you are putting yourself aside. If it says, 12, I doubt 12 will make it, he says, I am one of those 12. That is exactly the habit of a believer. I am one of them. You see, so you must just be confident of what you are. Amen. Oh, the other thing also is, is like, uh, you see, when preachers are coming here to preach the word with the different ministries, they've got one mission, that is to prepare the bride to make it for, for the rapture. That is the only mission. And also your mission for coming here is that uh, you get something that will make you prepare for that great day. You understand? So uh, I was just thinking about uh, what was happening sometime back in Harangua while I was working around there. Uh, there were these boys, I think you know them, that uh, normally make sure that the text is full. You see? The, yeah, yeah, text marshals, those guys. So those guys, you see, they, uh, their payment on normal circumstances uh, in those days it was two rand per, per person. So what, they, what will they do, those people? Uh, they will be focusing much to make sure that the, the text is full. You hear them that... Even when they, they shout loud or they, when they are calling aloud, they are not afraid of anything because they are really focusing to make sure that they get that to run for each and every person. So you hear them like, So if you are going to Mabopani, obviously you have to focus and just get into that text. Let's say maybe met somebody that is uh, with the Lord. Say, hey, Mama Zala, am I to them? Can I help you? Mama Zala, Mama Zala. They are not afraid, you see, because their mission, they want that two round up to each and every individual. This is like what preachers do. Their mission is to make sure that everyone is this, in this uh, ship of Zion. They are saying, get on board, get on board. It's the old ship of Zion. That's their mission, you see. 
even okay, you can, might say, okay, I'm not, I'm not a preacher. You can preach also with your life, right in the location or wherever you are. You are a billboard. So with your life, you are also saying to the world, get on board, get on board. The old ship of Zion is about to get full. Just get on board, get on board. There's another uh, song that says, and that So that color has to be full with only sayings. Amen. So we must make sure that that color will be full. And in whatever we do, no matter preachers, no matter your life, you must make sure that color is Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, this evening, not forgetting also to acknowledge the pastor for this time. Uh, we're going to speak about when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. Uh, we're going to read uh, from the uh, page 4, from paragraph 24, Works is faith expressed. It says here, I had a dream the other morning. I don't dream very often. I'm not a dreamer, but I dreamed that I seen a man a young fellow in shekels, he was trying to get out, and I said, someone told me, said, those are horrible people, don't have nothing to do with them. And I seen this young fellow getting out of his shekels, so I just left him alone. I thought, I'll just see what he does. So when he got out, he was a nice fellow, and I seen others trying to get out. Now, this is only a dream. And I walked over this way, and I seen a brother, Ray Borders, a very good friend of mine lives in California. Looked like there's something wrong. His eyes was half closed and a great big, maybe cancer or something over his eyes. And I, someone was trying to pull me away from him. I screamed, Brother Borders, in the name of the Lord Jesus, step out of that. And he just barely could speak saying, Brother Branham, it will have to take something more than this. I just can't grasp it. Brother Branham, I just can't grasp it. I said, oh, Brother Borders, I love him. And someone put me away and I looked. It was a lad standing over here. The, when I was a little boy, I used to haul grocery from, from the grocery store to the people's. And her name was Miss Fendon. She lives in Jefferson Valley, it's a personal friend to the wife and I. And she said, she said Brother Branham, deliver us from this. Said, this is a house of hell. And said, you have been misunderstood and said, and you misunderstood these people too. Said, these are fine people, but, and I looked over there, and like a great big sailor or a big horse, down beneath a great big cave and a great iron bars, eight or ten inches thick, and the people out of their mind twisted arms and legs beating their head like that, and she was crying, saying, deliver the people, brother Branham, said, help us, we are in trouble. She said, she herself, I know her. She belongs to the, I believe, the Church of Christ or, or the Christian Church called the Church of Brethren. So she, I looked around and I said, I wished, I wished I could and go on looking around and I, my little bit body and them great big iron bars and those poor people in there and you couldn't get to them. Them, them iron bars were sitting close together and I looked and they were beating their head like they were out of their mind. And I seen some lights flickering around in there. And I looked up, and there stood the Lord Jesus with lights of rainbow around him. He was looking right straight to me, saying, Deliver those people. 
and he went away. And I thought, well, how could I deliver them? I haven't got strength enough in my arms to break those bars. So I said, house of hell, give away to the name of Jesus Christ. And all the creaking and popping and rocks rolling and bars falling and people running, screaming, delivered and screaming at the top of their voice and was all delivered. And was screaming then, Brother Roy Borders, where are you? Where are you? God is delivering his people. Where are you, Brother Borders? I've wondered about that, you know. Brother Boda is very scared, and not the prophets, many of you do. You take the tapes and so forth about the West Coast. So you see, friends, we as mortal men, there's nothing that we can do when it comes to demons, because you see, the devil is still 6,000, he's got 6,000 experience. So we are not a mesh with the devil. But there's somebody that is above us, somebody that is more powerful than the devil. That is Jesus Christ. So, Brother Bram, looking to himself, he find himself unworthy and being a little guy. But through the name of Jesus Christ, people that were bound in those prison bars, they were all delivered. Let me tell you, friends, we couldn't help it to be what we were before. But somebody loved us. Remember yourself, you were nothing until somebody loves you. We, some, some of you, you were changing men like Soxies. You were changing women like Soxies. Some of you were even climbing on a broom to London during the night. Some of you were involved in a lot of things. Amen. But when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. Some of you, you were smokers in such a way that the earliest of the morning, you smoke what we call the morning glory. You couldn't even wake up without smoking that morning glory. You wanted to make sure that you start by that morning glory. Even some of you were drunkards, really serious drunkards in such a way that the tavern will open while you are already there. Because we are in that circle. You were under that prison bar. But when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. Let me tell you, friends, when Jesus comes, he makes a change. He will change your life. He will change a Nyaube guy, a guy that smoked Nyaube, to sing Amazing Grace. That is what we call grace. The tempter's power has been broken. He make a serious prostitute to live a holy life, to come and sing Amazing Grace. This is what Jesus Christ does because he breaks the tempter's power. Amen. The Bible says, this earth was void. It was in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 2. The Bible says, the earth was void and darkness was on the face of the deep and it was also shapeless. This is exactly what we, we were when we come into this world. Our life was shapeless. There was no shape in our life. But you see, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, then God says, let there be light. So with that kind of life that was shapeless, God declared light to be in our lives. When, life, when the light is in your life, then darkness has to flee. Because light and darkness cannot dwell together. You know, when you get into your house, let's say there's cockroaches and rats, and you put the lights on, they all flee away because they really love darkness. So you as the child of light, you always love things that are holy, that are light, that are fair. You don't indulge in things of darkness because you're a brand new creation. Some of you are homosexuals. Some of you are lesbians. Your life was shapeless. But when God comes into your life, he changed your disposition. That is the power of our God. 
When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, there's a change in a, every human being's life. When, whenever there's Jesus, there is an expression that Jesus Christ is moving. If you can check, as we're reading in the Bible, in the book of Matthew chapter 4, verse 35, you realize that Jesus Christ was with the disciples. And he just said, let us sail on the other side. Right in the process, he slept. The prophet says, while they were sailing, the disciples were busy speaking about the testimonies. They were busy fellowshipping, fellowshipping about what Jesus Christ did before. There were some testimonies about the miraculous catch of fish. There were some testimony of a, uh, this, uh, the, the centurion servant who was healed. A testimony of uh, the leper that was healed. Many testimonies, they were fellowshipping around, speaking about the greatness of Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ was sleeping right at the back of the ship. So as they were fellowshipping around, they were having a wonderful time because of fellowship. And you, you know, when, whenever we fellowship about him, he always appears. Right. So now, these disciples, right while they were busy in fellowship, you know, while we, uh, we haven't uh, proceeded any further, the devil has fellowship. While they were busy with fellowship, a storm came against the ship. While the storm came against the ship, they tried their best. You know, as fishermen, in normal circumstances, fishermen, they normally uh, walk with the, with the buckets so that when they fish, they uh, put their fish right in the bucket. So, obvious, when the storms start to hit the boat, they also strike their level base because you can't die while you see that the, uh, the ship is sinking. But when they fail, they realize now it's a high time that we have to awake the master. Right. So, in our life, there's sometimes when we try to do things using our own effort, a, our party to play, but there are some situations that we realize that these are home overwhelming situations that we have to awaken Jesus Christ. We have to call Jesus Christ on the sand. You know, in our lives or in, in whatever trial we might face in this life, there's times when Jesus Christ will be sleeping. But the advantage is that when he's sleeping, he knows what is really happening. When he's sleeping, it's not like us. When we sleep, we, we, we don't know what is happening. When Jesus Christ is sleeping, he knows what is happening. So the Lord Jesus Christ, even before this storm came, he knew what was going to happen. The same thing to you and you, my sister. There might be storms that you are facing in your life, but before those storms come, Jesus Christ is aware of it. While the disciples were trying their best, Jesus Christ was sleeping, but he was knowing what was happening. The ship was full of water, but there was a supernatural element why the ship was not sinking. Jesus Christ was at the back of the ship. That's why the singer says, I know the master of the sea. He can calm the storm and make the sun shine again. So Jesus Christ was very powerful in such a way that that ship was not going to sing. These guys, they realized the ship, singing, the, the ship is now shaking. They, Peter went and said, Care us not thou master, seeing we are perishing. The Lord Jesus Christ said, You of little faith, why do you fear? Then he commanded the, uh, the sea to uh, the, the wind to say, Peace be still. Let me say to you, my brother, my sister, when Jesus comes to a situation, he says, Peace be still. You might see it as a storm, you might see it as a big problem, but when it comes to your life, he says, Peace be still. There's no demon that can stand before him. 
because he is more powerful, more than any demon. So when he comes into your life, he is there to calm all the storms away from you. Storms, they come. It doesn't mean that they don't come. They come. But what is very important is that the master of the sea is in the, in the ship. Because when the storms come, when the master of the uh, ship is not, when the master of the sea is not in the ship, then there is a problem. So what is very important? You must walk with Jesus Christ. You must talk with Je- about Jesus Christ. You must keep the spirit of Jesus Christ in our midst. Amen. If we check the disciples in the book of Acts chapter three, you find uh, the disciples Peter and John. They were busy enjoying what has happened in the upper room. While they were busy enjoying the, the Pentecostal experience that we were having, they passed by the beautiful gate. There was a lame guy that was there. So when they come by, the, uh, by the, that beautiful gate, uh, the, the lame guy, when they saw these guys, he was expecting to receive money for alms. But Peter and John says, Suva and God, we have none. What we have, we give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. This lame man for quite some years, he rose up and walked. But what surprised me, instead of uh, the other Jews and Pharisees to join up giving glory to God for what has happened, they became so jealous because they hated the name Jesus Christ. Instead of supporting what was happening, they looked for a way to arrest them. Then they arrested them and say, by what power are you doing these things? They declared that it was the name of Jesus Christ that was doing all those things. It was not them, but that Jesus whom they crucified is the same man that is doing all those, uh, those things. They commanded them not to teach again about that name. Because why? The devil hates that name. In whatever situation, the devil knows what that name means to him. Whenever there's Jesus Christ, that name causes havoc in his kingdom. As long your life is right. Because Brother Bram says, holiness is the greatest standard that can shake the devil. So as long your life is right and you declare that name, there is much that is happening because of that name. Because that is a name that is above every name. In such a way that the book of Philippians says that name was exalted above every name. That creatures in heaven and on earth and that are under the earth must bow down and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because it's a powerful name. There is no other name more than the name of Jesus Christ. That's why we always think that there's power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. To break every chain. There's no chain that can stand before Jesus Christ. Even cancer cannot stand before Jesus Christ. Even TB cannot stand before Jesus Christ. Even AIDS cannot stand before Jesus Christ. There's no demon that can stand before Jesus Christ. There's no mountain that can that can be too high for Jesus Christ. There's no problem that can be too high for Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ keeps all appointments. So Jesus Christ is the center of our attraction. In whatever we are facing, we must call Jesus Christ on the scene. So they were arrested for doing something good. For raising a crippled guy. They were arrested. The devil is crazy. How can you arrest somebody for raising somebody who is crippled? You see, the devil is crazy. They, when they imprisoned them for the second time, the angel itself, it went and opened for them. While they were thinking that these guys, we got them, then these guys, 
God has, made, has already made a way for them to get out of prison. There were bees preaching in the temple. The officers were bees guarding the prison. You see, the devil sometimes can fool people. They are guarding people that have been praying for a, for a crippled guy. Jesus Christ has already made the provision for them to get out of prison. You see how God works. He blinded the devil in such a way that the devil show how it will show how crazy the devil is. Amen. The guys were busy preaching the word. The, the Pharisees, the Jews, they were thinking that how we got them. They are, they are right in the prison. There's no prison that can bind you while you are with Jesus Christ. Yes, There's no chain that can bind you while you are with Jesus Christ. Because when you are bound, those chains it will melt like candle wax before Jesus Christ. So the devil is powerless in everything. The devil is nothing in everything. When they arrested them for the second time, they commanded them that they must not teach about this name again because they hated this name. Then after they commanded them not to teach the, uh, actually before they commanded them not to teach about this name, they were accusing them for, uh, for raising the crippled guy. But there was a man by the name Gamaliel. He said, no, you must give these things time because if it is of God, you might find yourself fighting against God. But if it is of men, then to come to naught. Then he gave two examples of those people that were doing their things that was not in line with God. Then they dispersed. So because of the wisdom of that teacher, they were dispersed and they were punished because of, uh, because of raising the crippled. But they were hurt because of being punished for the sake of the gospel. You remember Peter in the Bible says, I'm so glad because I've got the marks of Jesus Christ. You must just have a mark of Jesus Christ. So don't regret yourself for being persecuted for the sake of the gospel. Because if you are persecuted for the sake of the gospel, one of these days, you're going to come up to, with your testimony. When all these other guys will be coming up and say, I was chopped. My head was chopped because of the gospel. My hand was chopped because of the gospel. I was killed because of the gospel. You also come with your, your, your testimony. How you, did you suffer for the sake of the gospel? Amen. Amen. There's something good. You remember before I was telling about uh, the disciples in, uh, right, being the sheep, bees fellowshipping. There's something about fellowship. You see, when it comes to fellowship, uh, you find uh, my mountain is not that sister's mountain. To the sister, it's a plain, but to me, it's a mountain. So to me, with a mountain, going to a sister with a plain, when we meet together, you find that that sister of the plane, he will tell, she will tell me how did she come up to, uh, to, to that uh, situation where she is. Then my mountain at the end it will become powerless. Then my, what I call plane to myself, to this sister is a mountain. So in such a way, when two of us, we meet in fellowship, we find that we make the devil cheap. So there is power in fellowship. And the devil hates fellowship. Okay. <clears throat> the Bible spoke about a certain blind man by the name Bartimaeus. You see, as the prophet was speaking about Bartimaeus, he says one day it was his wife. He was sick. And then he promised the Lord, say, Lord, if you heal my wife, 
or give these doves. Then the Lord healed his wife. He gave those uh, doves to, uh, for the offering. Then his daughter was sick again. He said, Lord, if you heal my daughter, I'll give you this lamb. And that was the lamb that was leading to where he was begging. Then the daughter was healed. He went to Cephas the priest to give him that lamb. Then Cephas the priest said, hey, you are coming with the lamb. What is going to lead you to the streets? He says, no, God will uh, provide me with the, the, the real answer to what I'm looking for. So while he was there in the street the other day begging, he heard some noise. Because wherever there is Jesus Christ, there is noise. So as he was hearing uh, this noise, he asked, what is happening? Then they said, Jesus Christ is passing by. Then he said, son of David, have mercy on me. Then the other people say, hey, Tula Warasa, you're making noise. He cried the more and said, son of David, have mercy. Then Jesus Christ heard him and said, what do you want me to do? He said, let my eyes open. Then because of his faith, his eyes were opened. Let me tell you, friends, when it comes to cry out with your life, it's not, it doesn't matter who is next to you. You cry aloud with your life because it's between you and God. You see, when you are really desperate for something, you don't mind who is next to you because you want to see God in action. You want to see things happen in your life. So whatever people can say, it doesn't matter. What is very important is to see what Jesus Christ is doing. We are living in a day whereby even to come at the altar to pray, it's not as if you are making your love less spiritual. But let me tell you, friends, to come at the altar to cry out with your life, it doesn't mean that you are a serious sinner or you are less spiritual. No. Brother Brown says it tends to start at the altar. So if it tends to start at the altar, then you say a person that comes at the altar, maybe it's a serious sinner and so on. No, it is not like that. You have to cry out with your life. You have to cry out with your life. Brother Brown in church order, he says, you see, uh, during those 30 minutes of pie time, a person has got a right even to come at the altar and pray silently so that he won't interrupt. So if it was not important, why Abraham will also mention all those things? So there's no way you can say, ah, what will people say? What will this one say? What will this one say? What is very important is that what will Jesus Christ say about it? Don't care with what people will say. Care with what Jesus Christ is going to say about it. This is what is very important. There was a woman with a uh, continuous flow of blood. But Abraham said that woman, for quite some time, she has been trying to go to different uh, physicians, but that blood was not seizing. She tried her best for 12 years, but nothing was happening. There was no healing to it. But one, actually, he came to a situation whereby he sold everything until he sold his own farm. Then he, he asked the one that he sold the, the farm to, that maybe just get a, a corner by that farm. Then one day, uh, there was a noise that was going on. Because whenever Jesus Christ is passing, there is noise. So she asked, what is happening? They say Jesus Christ is passing by. She ran there with her own revelation. She said, if I only touch the garment of Jesus Christ, then I'll be well. She went and pressed on until she touched the garment of Jesus Christ. And that continuous flow of blood, it ceased. Let me tell you, brother, sister, touching Jesus is what, oh, what matters. Not, and your life will never remain the same. This person was in a situation, but when he touched Jesus, his life was no longer the same. It was a changed life because he, he touched Jesus. So let me tell you, my brother, my sister, in whatever situation you are, touching Jesus is all, is all that matters. Just touch him, then it's all that matters. Your life 
will never remain the same. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. There is no bound that can stay when Jesus Christ comes. When Jesus comes, everything is changed. The blind will see, deaf will hear, crippled will walk. Everything, every situation, Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ, all things are possible. Nothing shall be impossible with Jesus Christ. Because he is the one who was dead and is alive forevermore. He is the one that has got keys for the hell and death. He is the one that is more powerful by, more than anything that you can talk of. You find in this, general, in this uh, Laodicean church age, the, many churches have been uh, involved in, let me not say in this Laodicean church age, but let me say the world was full in this cloud of creeds and dogmas. There was no answer to this generation. But God, through his mercy, he sent us the prophet of the age. He promised in the book of Malachi chapter 4 verse 5, and he says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Because we know the devil, what he does to people, if he can make people just feel that they are worshipping God while they are serving God in vain, he can do that. To just Making people to be just religious while they are just religious but not serving according to the way he wants. Because if you can check, uh, the prophet when he comes, he was against the system of denomination. He was against the Christian dogmas. He was standing with the word of God. So the devil always, he blinds people with this kind of a teaching in such a way that they can fail to see the light. It happened again in the days of Jesus Christ. A lot of people, they were busy in their traditions and everything, but they failed to see the Messiah when he came. So this is the same, time, this is the same situation when the prophet came. He came where people were in darkness or were under in this web or under in this cloud. When he comes, he comes with some missions. That was to change the house of the fathers back to the children. Then to being a seventh angel that will have a gospel trumpet to review the whole revelation of the Bible. So if you can check, uh, when the prophet comes, he opened a lot of things like the seven seals. The world didn't have the answer about the seven seals. They were just reading, they were saying, seeing white horses, black horses, pale horses, and, all, and on and on. But they didn't know what, what it was meant. But when the prophet came, the angel has to come down and reveal to him what all these things mean. So we find that when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. He opened the seven church ages. He opened the seven weeks of Daniel. We know of adoption predestination and all of the things that he revealed. He came with an answer to this generation in such a way that we are not worshipping God in vain. We know where we come from. We know what we are here for. And we know where we are going. He taught us about beyond the curtain of time. We know that there is a, a land beyond the river that we call a sweet forever. For us to belonging to be in that sixth dimension and the seventh dimension is because the prophet came our way and revealed to us how beautiful that place is. The world was suffering with cancer. Then the prophet of the age came and said, do you fear cancer? Because cancer was nothing. The angel told him, if you only get people to believe, nothing shall get before you, even cancer. That's why he came and said, do you fear cancer? Because there was an answer to cancer. If he was living this day, he was supposed to come and say, do you fear AIDS? Because an AIDS is a big demon, so popular big demon in this age. Do you fear AIDS? No way. We can't fear AIDS. Amen. Amen. 
But we are so glad that we can also rehearse the same way the prophet was doing. Because he said, I'll write this tale again. What is being made by writing this tale again? The prophet can't wake up from grave and come this. No. But there is the bride on the earth. And we are the bride right now. That must ride this tale again. What are we doing? We are the equals of Malachi 4. Whatever Malachi 4 was doing, we are also supposed to do it. Because the Bible says, he that believes the works I do shall lead you also even more. So even sugar diabetes can be healed in the name of Jesus. Even cancer can be healed in the name of Jesus. Even AIDS can be healed in the name of Jesus. Folks, while I'm in this message, I saw five people that were healed out of AIDS. I'm a witness of it. So God still heals. Not suppressing, but heals. So there's power in the message of the hour. Whenever the prophet was, whatever he, he was doing, he was making a difference. His ministry was showing that Jesus Christ is around. There was a certain couple in the book of Acts of the Pro, uh, Prophets that came to a meeting. So they came to this meeting. Uh, Brother Bram, during discernment, he said to that woman, I saw you with another man, you were cheating, so on and so on and so on. So the husband was there. He tried to go and fight the prophet. Some people or some ushers in the congregation go and stop the man. The prophet says, no, don't stop this man. Leave him alone. You remember pastor was saying, you see, the pastor is not afraid even of a maid or a gangster. So while they leave this man, the prophet starts with that man. You also, you're also having the same case. You were doing such, such a thing with that other girl who was wearing such, such a, a thing. Then from there, all of them, they surrender their life to Jesus Christ. So the ministry of the prophet, it was the ministry of Jesus Christ himself. The prophet was a man like us. But what was in his ministry was Christ himself. That's why sometimes you say, eh, I'm just a man like you, but I'm waiting for somebody. Then you say, he is here. When you say he is here, you start with the discernment. So when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. The other time, there were two preachers that is attended this meeting. So these two preachers, they thought maybe the prophet is doing telepath or mind reading. So they wrote on their card, TB and cancer. So these other men, one of them preachers went to the prophet and, the prof and took the hand of the prophet to touch him. Then he said, I don't see anything. He said, you see, you are, there goes a mind reader. There goes with his tele uh, telepath and so on, trying to criticize the prophet. Then the prophet was tired by that time. He didn't know what this guy was trying to, to say. But he says, you told me that you gave me the, the card. But what I know is that, as far as I know, you, you are not sick with anything. So now the, the prophet, while waiting, the vision broke. Then he said, yesterday, you were planning this trip with this other man that, was wearing a, that is wearing a blue suit, and your wife is there next to that uh, man. So he said, because you said this, this TB and cancer will come upon you. Then he tried to grab the, uh, the, uh, the, the trousers of the prophet. He said, it's not me, but it's him. You are doing that against God, not against me. So the ministry of the prophet, it was the ministry of Christ himself. In the Bible, we know of Martha and Mary. Martha and Mary, the Bible says in the book of John chapter 11, these people were so close with the Lord Jesus Christ. Then one day, it came to pass that Lazarus was sick. When Lazarus was sick, 
they send a message and say, Pastor Jesus, Lazarus is sick. So when they heard that Lazarus was, is sick, the Lord Jesus Christ didn't make an image to go to, to Mary and Martha's place. He said, this sickness happened so that the Son of Man might be glorified. Yeah. You remember they knew Jesus Christ as the one opening the blind, the deaf, multiplying fish and bread, but they didn't know that he still got power to raise the dead. So the Bible says they abode two days where they were. Just imagine, this was an emergency case. The brother is sick, and it was a new church, you see. But the pastor of the church didn't show up. Lazarus died. Obviously, the critics were there also. You see, these new churches that you are fellowshipping in, you say, we have got a new message, we got the message of the hour and so on, but look what is happening. Your pastor doesn't come to church. But they didn't give up. They still hold on. No matter in that situation, they still hold on. Jesus Christ, where he was, he said, Lazarus is sleeping. The guys couldn't understand that Lazarus is already dead. Then he said, I mean he's dead. Then the other guy said, it's better that you go and die with him. So I I want you to to have the attention to this part where Martha, Mary is having these critics. It was not an easy moment. But sometimes the devil will put you in a situation whereby even the critics, whatever they say, is true. Brother Brana was placed in that situation whereby the devil was telling him that, you see, you are saying he's a good God. But look, your father is dead, your father is dead, your son is, your daughter is dead, your wife is dead. The situation was so tough. And whatever the devil was saying, it was true. So that's the same thing. Whatever the devil was preaching to, to Martha and Mary, all it was true. This was the new church. They left their denominations. They come to the message of the hour. But right in the message of the hour, the, uh, the pastor is not showing up during time of emergencies. You understand? It was a tough situation. When the Lord Jesus Christ came, Martha went and said, See, Master, if you was here, my brother was not going to die. He says, If you believe, even that one who is dead can be alive. And whosoever believes cannot even die. You understand? And he says, I'm the resurrection and life. Then he said, I know you will will rise at the last day. He was putting it to the future tense. But Jesus Christ was speaking for something that will happen right there. So let me tell you, friends, don't put Jesus Christ to a future tense. Just call Jesus Christ on the scene right there. He will come. So you must call Jesus Christ on the scene. The Lord Jesus Christ, as he went, actually, Martha went, went back to, to tell Mary that Jesus Christ is, is in the city. Mary also went to meet Jesus Christ and say, Master, if you were here, uh, my brother was not going to die. Then from there, the, the Bible says, the Lord Jesus Christ was grieved and says, show me the place. As they went and showed them the place, Jesus Christ wept. When Jesus Christ wept, he says, Lazarus, come forth. Let me tell you, my brother, my sister, the soul no its maker, and the corruption no its master. There is, no, there is nothing that can stand before Jesus Christ. In the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verse 28, we heard when Jesus Christ was passing by, there was a man by the name Legion. This man used to bind himself 
he was staying in the tombs. But right in the presence of Jesus Christ, demons realized that this is the master. They started to cry. So let me tell you, my brother, my sister, demons are afraid of Jesus Christ. If demons make, in the presence of Jesus Christ, demons cry. If demons cry in the presence of Jesus Christ, it really shows to us that demons are powerless before Jesus Christ. Then there is a statement there that says, it says, do you want to torment us before time? The devil knows that his time is very little. Because he knows that he's heading straight to the lake of fire. So now he's busy trying to drag whosoever that he can drag to make sure that he will go with the many delegates to the lake of fire. That is his mission. Because his time is very short. So while we know that his time is very short, also to our part, our time is very short. We must make sure that in our life, we do whatever we do to make it for that great day. But there is a promise. The prophet says, I saw black hands on the other side. If you check in the seven church ages and in the seven seals, our Lord Jesus Christ was showing that he is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords. If you can check in the first church age, you find the Bible spoke about the Nicolaitan spirit. Then God was pleased with the state of believers in those days that were standing against the Nicolaitan spirit. The prophet says, Nicolaitan means to conquer. Light means the church. So there was a spirit to conquer the church right there at the Ephesian church age. But our God promised that when the enemy comes in like a flood, his spirit always raised a standard. So right in that first church age, he sent an apostle by the name of Paul and he anointed him with a lion anointing. Then Paul stood firm with the word of God, hitting hard on the Nicolaitan spirit, encouraging believers to stand with the word because it's always in human beings that sometimes when God is moving, they try to, to educate the move of God. But the move of God cannot be educated because we know that the church of God is not being led by degrees, but it's being led by the power of God. So, this lion anointing was there against this Nicolaitan spirit. In the second church age, we can see that there was Simina. And right in Simina, Pegamos and Teatra, we find that the believers were being killed for the sake of the gospel. If you don't believe the baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, you'll be killed for that. If you stand against what Rome teaches, you are going, going to be killed for that. And a lot of believers were killed for the sake of the gospel. They were burned to stake. Some were fed to lions just for the sake of the gospel. Then God has to raise a standard. He anointed those people with an ox spirit. And an ox spirit is a, a burden bearer. So they were given the spirit to pull the burden of the gospel. They stood with the word of God regardless how tough the situation was. It wasn't easy, but they stood with the word for a better resurrection. Then, on and on, we see that there is Sadis. There was Luther. In the church age, there is Sadis. Then, God has also to raise a standard. There was a, a main anointing that was there. This is the time where Luther, the priest of Roman Catholics, stood firm against Catholicism. He said, this is of the devil. This is not of God. He stood firm against everything that was against God. When he stood firm, the, the, the prophet says, 
He wrote 95 theses on the, uh, on the door of the Roman Catholic Church to show that he's really full-time against Roman Catholic. And the man anointing, we know a man is shrewd, a man is cunning. So that's why God has to anoint this man, this, this man with a man anointing. <clears throat> then last, we see there's Laodicean Church Age. And in Laodicean Church Age, we find that there's also a lot of demons ruling this end time. Yeah. But we find that God has to raise a standard. Right. He provides us with an ego anointing. That's why he says, Behold, I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. When somebody says, Behold, he's calling for a total attention. Something is about to happen. That's why I say, Behold, it could be a bomb is about to burst. It could be a snake is about to bite you. So you must pay a total attention. So we see here this ego anointing. You know, an ego is high visionary. It can see from afar and is very swift. So this is the prophetic ministry. So with this prophetic ministry, now we know that even if, if the Bible speaks in the book of Revelation that we call the book of symbols, we have got the answer today. That is the spoken words. That is the answer with this closed book because there is a prophetic ministry. When it speaks about the seven eyes, we know that these seven eyes are the seven angels of the seven church age. When it speaks about the seven horns, we know today that the seven, seven horns are the seven church ages. Everything is just open. When he talks to us about the seals, we understand what he's talking about. And this also applies to the seals as I was speaking here. The first horse rider, there was an antichrist spirit that was working. And that antichrist spirit, as, as long as it was working there, then God also has to raise the standard with the lion anointing. Then the prophet taught us that this antichrist spirit, the way it works, because antichrist means to be against the word of God. We see John, he saw that spirit and he rebuked, it too, he rebuked it too hard the same way Paul stood with it. The way they were doing it, it was like they were trying to educate preachers. But by educating preachers, they were draining the power of God away. Amen. Then the second horse rider, we see that also on the second horse rider. Brother Abraham says, this is the time when saints were, were, were made for the sake of the gospel. Third horse rider, this is famine. Fourth horse rider, this is death, politics, religion, and demons. So all in all, if you can check the seven church ages and the seven seals, they complement one another. This way it, it, it is showing here. So what is, very, what is very important, especially in this closing days of time, you must stay with the word of God. Because there is a promise that in a moment in the twinkle of an eye, we shall be changed. Amen. And Jesus Christ is going to come to take people that are without spot or a ringo. And that thing can happen at any second, at any time. So what is very important is to keep yourself spotless because Jesus Christ is not come for a, a prostitute bride, but is coming to take a church without spot or ringo. So this is what is very important to each and every individual. The way we live in the society or whatever, the way our behavior shows, we must show Jesus Christ. You remember the message of Brother Ward on Billy Board? People must see Jesus Christ. This is what people want to see in your life. May God bless you richly as we stand to our feet. There's a song that says, we've got power, the power in the name of Jesus. We've got the power in the name of the Lord. Those certain rages, we cannot be defeated.
We've got that power in the name of Jesus. We go the power in the name of Jesus. We go the power in the name of the Lord. Do say, yeah, that one. Okay, the believers say they don't know it. Okay, no, sing any worship song. <laughs>
7, verse 19, before we release you. Luke 7, 19, can bring it up. You don't need to look in your Bible, it's there on the screen. And John calling unto him two of his disciples to send them to Jesus, saying, Art thou he that should come, or should we look for another? When the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist hath sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind, he gave sight. Then Jesus answering said unto them, Go your way, and tell John what things ye have seen and heard, how that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to the gospel. To the poor, the gospel is preached. He did not say, tell him that I'm he. He said, go and tell him the characteristics of the ministry. Because when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. How many believe that? Amen. That's, I think that's the report that we have tonight. If Satan has got a grip on you, the only thing that can help you is the power of Jesus Christ. How many still believe that Jesus Christ still has power tonight to set you free? Because he that the Son sets free becomes free indeed. Amen. God bless you, Brother Mafakaza, meaning witness. Amen. Well delivered. God bless you. Let's just sing a worshiping song. I don't know, normally we get the aircons to be cold, to be hot, but somewhere during the service, they become cold. I don't know. Amen. I don't know whether we move with them from hot to a fan, and you see people shivering under the aircon. Amen. Maybe the best if they are too hot, we just switch them off so that we must not put them on fan. Amen. God bless you, Rachelie. Let us just sing a worshiping song to thank. How many eyewitnesses are in the building? Amen. Brahman says an eyewitness is somebody that has seen firsthand what Jesus has done. And you can say, not, you, you must not say, the pastor said, the church said, the prophet said, you must say, I say so. It must be a personal pronoun personal pronoun. Amen. Give us a worshiping song as we wrap up in prayer. Brother Philip and Brother Watt couldn't make it. Uh, one is out of town and Brother Philip uh, is not well as well. Amen. God bless you. I understand that there is a case of swine flu uh, that Sister Winnie showed the symptoms thereof but we say these are the symptoms we cast that demon in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Just give us a worshiping song.
you can indicate by raising your hand so that we can remember you in prayer tonight. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you this evening. We've heard about how when Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. And we are witnesses tonight because many of us, there was some time when we were in the grip of Satan's power. But when Jesus came, he broke the devil's power. And Heavenly Father, how much more tonight we are really much thankful about what we have had. And Heavenly Father, hands have gone up in the building. Believers have got various requests. There is one thing that I know, there is nothing impossible with you. All things are possible, dear God. Whatever they need, may you make it a reality, dear God. If it is a healing, 
may you grant it at this point in time if there is a solution for a specific problems dear god every problem can be solved that is why we want to commit everything to you tonight may you come and undertake for us dear god so that we can come and glorify your name. We can boast to the David and say our God is not dead, but our God is alive. And we can say to Satan, look what he has done, not yesterday, but today. Because why? The more we are witness of your power, we are able to witness even to this unbelieving world that can, from time to time, make mockery of the word of God. But dear God, in this hour, you even said the whole creation is groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. And here we are, dear God, help us to manifest your power. And Lord, the best way is that we become your vessels through which you can display your power. And Lord, as we'll be living here, we need the traveling mercy, dear God. Any demon that has anything planned against any believer right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we bind that demon. We derail the plans of Satan. He's got no right to disrupt our lives, dear God. Why? Because, dear God, we have taken sides with you. And, Lord, we want to glorify your name. We pray for our children. We can see what is happening at the institutions of learning. But, dear God, we send the Holy Ghost to go with our children there so that from time to time when temptations come, dear God, the Holy Spirit must be able to remind them that they are not part of this world. They are a peculiar generation, dear God. Help us even at the places of work. Many a time, Satan comes to cause such a havoc, but dear God, wherever the believers go, may you protect them, dear God. Anything that they do, may you make it to prosper, dear God, because that is the only way we can keep on talking about your name when you keep on doing great things in our lives. Lord, we want to pray for the brother that you have used tonight. May you be gracious to him and his family wherever he has taken dear God the hours that he has spent laboring to prepare for this message it was not in vain we have had dear God may you bless him abundantly and restore the virtue that has been lost and even tomorrow we want to commit tomorrow to you all things we ask them believing in the name of Jesus Christ amen There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power and thereafter you are released till we see you. We will be here on Sunday. I'm leaving tomorrow for Port Elizabeth. You will have a blessed time on Sunday. No doubt about it. Amen. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. And there is an army rising to break every chain. I hear the chains falling. You've got to hear your chain falling. But the greatest chain that must fall is a chain of unbelief. Because once that chain is broken, other chains will be broken automatically. Let's just sing it. Amen. There is power How many believe that tonight? There is power. I'm a witness of that.
Come on, somebody, sing it. Simon, you can help us here. This is great for my son. Amen. He's a coach. This is a player. Amen. Uh, are we ready? Amen. You know, hang on. Amen. You know, when, when you are a witness of God's power, how many have ever gone to the semi-final or the final of a, a soccer match or a rugby match? Amen. Come on. You were not a believer at some point in time. You went there. If, if your team scores, what happens? But a lot of times when Jesus' team scores, believers, they look like, ah, come on, come on, come on. We can do better than that. Uh, how many witnesses are in the building of God's power? Uh, are there witnesses in the building? Amen. amen. Let's see. Because, amen. I mean, if your team scores, or you are sitting, even if you are sitting in the Pavilion where the supporters of maybe Liverpool are and Liverpool scores and all of a sudden you just fold your arms. They may say you are, you are in the wrong team. Amen. Because right there they expect you to... Have you ever seen people, Brother Freddy, even when you load them in a taxi, they blow their vuvuzelas. Amen. They open the windows, they are making noise. The brother said, when, where Jesus is, there is? Uh, where Jesus is, there is? Folks, heaven is not going to be a gentleman where you are there folding your legs. No, we're going to be rejoicing. You remember when David, when David knew that the ark was returning back to the camp, he ran up and down until the wife was embarrassed. I don't believe in the gospel of gentlemen well-groomed with just a hand on the cheek as if you are in deep in thought. No, sir. You were, once in, in a, you were once in a mess. And God came and redeemed you. Today you are a blood-washed child of the living God. You cannot just be a gentleman. It's not a boardroom. It's a church. Amen. Come, come let's sing it and glorify God. I was just dealing with this spirit of starchiness. There is power in the name. over the building, every voice to the Almighty God.
chains falling. Chain falling. 